So our message today is entitled, Wisdom, Walk This Way. And the reason our message is titled this is because today we're talking about um, which way you go, which path you're walking. Are you taking the right path or the wrong path? Um, I have taken the wrong path before, many a time. One of the time, one a time, I, uh, I was walking out of my class in college. So I went to the University of Oregon and um, go Ducks, go Ducks, whatever you want to say. Yeah, 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 yada, yada. So I'm walking out of my class and I rushed out. It was a public speaking class. So I had to rush out and rush back so I could like give my speech. Because who knows, before you give a speech in class, you like have to pee. It's like, and it's not even like a half an hour before you give your speech. It's like the moment before you're like, oh no, here it comes. Like, I got to go. So I'm like rushing out of my class. I like sprint out. I go down the hall. And what it is, is there's like this walkway. And then you can go to the right or you can go to the left. The left is the women's. The right is the men's. So I'm like running out of my class in Lillis, running out of my class. And I just take whatever. I just go. I just, I don't know what I was doing. I just walked into a bathroom and I walked in and this boy was like, ah, and I was like, ah. And we just looked at each other, and I looked and saw urinals, and I thought, I took the wrong path. I'm sorry, sir. And I walked out. Another time I took the wrong path, I was driving on 217. I got off of 217 near the mall. Okay, Washington Square Mall. I got off 217 near Washington Square Mall because I needed to go to Nordstrom Rack, obviously. So when I was in high school, I would go to Nordstrom Rack, Every Tuesday morning, I would skip my morning classes in high school because I was a little sinner. And, yeah. And I would go to Nordstrom Rack because they would have just off the truck sales. Were any of you guys aware that those were happening? Like, this was like 10 years ago. So you were five. Don't, Don't nod your heads. You don't know. So like 10 years ago when I was in high school, I would leave my school. I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'd leave my school. I'd go to Nordstrom Rack. And so I was getting off the freeway to go to the Nordstrom Rack, and you have to, like, turn right. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You're going down Shoals. you got to turn right to get into that little uh, area, you know, Court Furniture, Nordstrom Rack, Best Buy, all of it. It's right there. So you're going down Shoals, south-ish, and you turn right. So I'm going down Shoals, just driving, having a great time, thinking I'm cool, driving my 1999 Toyota Camry, green, And uh, I take my right-hand turn, probably listening to that song by Natasha Bedingfield. How does it go, Maul? No one else can feel it for you. Only you can. Do you guys remember that song? Let it in. Okay, so I'm listening to that song probably. Yeah, you know it, Elizabeth Taylor. All right, all right. Live your life with arms wide open. Today is. Okay, so I'm singing that song. I'm having a great time. I'm driving in my car, and I take my right-hand turn, looking cool, like a G, listening to Tasha Bedingfield. I turn right. I'm headed down to Nordstrom Rack, and all of a sudden I realize none of this looks like a parking lot. It's weird because it looks a little bit more like a freeway. I had turned right onto the off-ramp. So I turn right. I'm like, just driving. Here I am. What's up, world? I'm feeling the rain on my skin, but I'm not because I'm in my car. I turn right, and I'm ahead, and I'm, like, looking, and all of a sudden I see all these cars coming off the off-ramp, like, zoom, like, coming at me, headlights in my face, and I was like, ah! So I smartly tossed it into reverse, and I just reversed for, like, 50 yards to, like, okay. 
you know, maybe 50 feet, but for, for the story, 50 yards, 500 yards, crazy. I throw it in reverse and I'm like, it's like Casino Royale or any chase. I'm like, like looking back there, making it happen. And I get out, scot-free, scotch-free, scotch-free, scot-free. There was no one named Scott there. (laughs) Praise God. But I made it out. I made it out. I took the wrong path. I made it out. I think you can see where our metaphor is headed for the day. What path are you on? That's that's what we're going to be talking about. Write that down. What path are you on? What path are you on? This morning, we're um, continuing our wisdom series, and we're talking about wisdom and lifestyle. And this morning's message, I feel like there could be two reactions to it. There's two, um, and obviously there's some variation. Everything's not black and white. But I think there's going to be two mindsets that you can go into this with. Um, we're talking about lifestyle. We're talking about drinking, drinking, partying, like, et cetera, et cetera. And here's the deal. Some of you could be in here, and you could be thinking, like, that's my lifestyle. I don't want to listen to whatever you have to say because that's what I do and I don't want to give it up. And that's that. So maybe you're in here and you're thinking that. And I want to tell you that I have been there before. I've sat in a message where someone was talking about alcohol and drinking and I've thought, that is my lifestyle. I won't give it up. I'm probably just going to tune this person out. So I've been there before, okay? So I just want to tell you guys. I get that if that's your mindset. The second mindset that you could be having is I've never drank before. I never will drink. I don't need to hear this message. You do. Because the next story I'm about to tell you, probably a week before this next thing happened in my life, I said to myself, I probably would have said that. If someone got up and they started talking about drinking and partying and whatever, I would have thought to myself, I don't need to hear this. I don't drink. I don't party. Like, this, this has no relevance for me in my life. But I want to tell you guys, this has relevance for you in your life because this is the culture that we live in. This is the day and age that we live in. We live in a culture where partying and drinking and abusing alcohol and abusing your body and, like, harming yourself through substances is glorified. We live in a day where the movies that we watch, the things that we see on TV make these things, make, make substance abuse look... Um, fun and lighthearted and life-giving. And you guys, I want to tell you the truth about those things. And so I'm going to tell you some things about my own life that, that are shortcomings of mine and failings of mine and dark times of mine. And the reason that I'm going to tell you guys about that and about these things is because I want you guys to live in freedom. I want you guys to have the freedom that I didn't have. I want you guys to walk on the path of wisdom and not down the path of foolishness. I walked down the path of foolishness while I was in church every Sunday, okay? I walked down a path of foolishness while I was in high school group. When I was in college groups, I walked down this path, and it was so unbelievably destructive for me. But if you would have told me that I would struggle with alcohol in college while I was in high school, if you would have said that to me as a high school student, I would have said, oh, no, no, I won't. Like, there's no way. Like, I would never. So I want you guys to listen. Just listen to what I have to say. I want to tell you that the reason I'm speaking to you about this, the reason I'm sharing any of this with you is because I love you so much. I really do. I really love you, and I want to see you guys living in healthy, free, and whole lives, not lives that are, are um, stripped down and lives that are, are, are hollow because of alcohol, because of substance abuse, because of abuse to your own body, okay? So that's why we're talking about this. It's because I love you. Do you believe me? 
And everybody said, yes, we believe. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we come before you, Lord, as, as before we open your word, God, Holy Spirit, we want to come to you and ask that you would reveal the truth of your word to us today, God. This isn't um, this isn't a human thing, but God, you are going to speak to us today. You're going to speak to our hearts this morning, God. And I, I just ask, Lord, that, that you would speak to each person what each person needs to hear this morning, Lord. Don't let me get in the way. Don't let my personal opinion get in the way, because that's not what this is about. This is about what the Bible says. This is about the truth of Jesus Christ. This is about the truth of the great love of God. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about truth and love. So, Lord, would that shine through? We love you, Jesus. Amen. And everybody said? Hmm. Probably shouldn't drink all this strong. Um, the Bible is really clear about some things, some things not so much. But it's really clear that, and if you need a Bible, um, they'll pass out the Bibles. You can raise your hand, follow along. Words will be on the screen too, but it's fun to have a Bible. So if you need a Bible, if you want a Bible, raise your hand. People will pass them out. Um, the Bible's really clear on drunkenness. The Bible says that drunkenness is evil, that it's wicked, that it's wrong. The Bible says that drunkenness is unwise. The Bible says that, um, that those who are drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, which uh, really bothered me when I was in college and someone preached on that message. Um, so I stopped listening. So don't stop listening because I love you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. Um, so right after I graduated high school, let's just get into it. Right after I graduated high school, I was 18. I had just turned 18. Um, before then, I was 17. <laughs> before then, I was 17. And I got invited to go to the beach for the weekend. Some of my girlfriends from my high school invited me to go to the beach with them for the weekend. And I'd never gone on a trip with um, this group of friends before. Uh, but I knew when they invited me, <clears throat> I knew there'd be alcohol there. Like, I knew that they would be drinking. I, like, had spent a lot of time with them um, outside of school on the weekends. Um, so I just knew. But I really wanted to go. I really wanted to go, and I wanted to go because I got invited to go somewhere. I got invited to go somewhere with this group of girls who I wanted to accept me. I did. Like, I cared. I wanted them to, like, think I could hang. I wanted them to think I was cool. Like, I wanted to go hang out with these girls. And, and they were also my friends. Like, that's part of it, Right? They're also my friends, so I wanted to go. So I said to my mom, I said, Mom, I would like to go to the beach. And she said, are parents going to be there? And what do you think I said? Yeah, Mom, duh. What do you think I am, a sinner? <laughs> I said, yeah, Mom, parents are going to be there. Uh, do you think parents were going to be there? No. See, we all know. You guys know. No, parents weren't going to be there. She asked me if they'd be there, and I said yes, even though the truth was that we would be there alone. She didn't want me to go. She didn't want me to go, obviously. She told me she didn't want me to go. She told me she didn't feel comfortable with me going. She was, you know what she was trying to do is keep a covering over me to protect me, and I was just trying to weasel my way out. So she was saying, I don't really want you to go. This doesn't seem like a good idea. She, I remember her saying, like, it doesn't feel right. She told me it doesn't feel right which is probably her spirit saying, don't let your little wily liar daughter out of this house. She didn't want me to go, but um, finally I pushed it and I pushed it and I pushed it. 
And I got to go. And she said, okay, that's fine. And the, the reason she said I could go is she said, I trust you. I trust you. <clears throat> so before I left that Friday to go to the beach, the girls told me that they planned on bringing alcohol, to which I knew. And they asked me, they said, um, is that okay with you? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's fine. And I told them, I was like, I probably won't drink, though. Because I thought in my head, like, I'll make that decision later. Like, I'll decide when I get there, but, like, I probably am not going to. I've never drank before. Like, I just, I don't think that's me, but, like, but, you know, but maybe. But I probably won't. So I told them I probably won't. Um, I don't really know what I thought I would do because I had had experience being at parties before where I, um, where there was other people who weren't drinking, and I would hang out with those people, and we would kind of just, like, hang out together and do our thing, and it was great, but I, I hadn't, like, realized what I was saying yes to was to go somewhere where I would be alone in it, to go somewhere where I wouldn't be drinking, but everybody else would be, and, and how difficult and kind of, like, awkward and weird that might be for me. I just didn't consider it. So, anyways, so I decided to go. Well, I already decided to go, but we got on our way, and we went, and after we got settled into the cabin, um, they all started drinking. We got settled in. We had dinner. And all the girls I was with, they all started drinking. As will I. Water. Water. Um, so all the girls I was with, they started drinking. And I remember, you guys, I, I, this, this is like a really, like this isn't like f the, the rest. I know I'm being funny, but like the rest of this like isn't very funny to me. Um, this is like a really like dark part of my life. Um, so I just want to tell you that before I say what happened. So I remember really vividly I was where I was standing. And I think this is significant. I was standing, um, you know, in like a kitchen, how there's like the, the wrap, a wraparound kitchen. So they have like all this counter space and then there's like an island. You know what I'm talking about? So they're all like inside, like in this area. And I, just me, I was, like, separated by, like, the whole island. So I'm, like, separated, like, sitting on a chair on the other side of this, like, bar area. And I remember just feeling like I'm so alone. Like, I remember feeling like I'm here alone. Like, what do I do? Like, I want to be friends with them. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be by myself tonight. And so I said, hey, um, I'm going to drink. I want to. And I got really excited even to say it because I knew that they would be excited, and they were. They were. They all celebrated and cheered. They were like, yes, like, oh, my gosh, like, drink with us. Like, do this. Like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I will. I will. And then one of the girls, this one girl, um, her name's Christina, she pulled me aside, and she said, um, she said, hey, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. I do, like I, I do, and she said, are you sure, like, I don't, like, this isn't, you haven't ever, like, drank before, and I was like, no, I want to, and she said, okay, like, as long as you know what you're doing, and I said, yeah, I do, I want to, so I did, um, I drank a lot, and I imagined that what would happen would be um, kind of like what I saw in the movies, like, that night would be, like, wild and crazy and so fun, and we would, like, laugh a ton and, like, dance around and have the best time, like, I imagined what you see in the movies, I imagined this fun friendship, bonding, like, great night. But what happened wasn't that. What happened wasn't that. It was a dark, lonely, awful thing 
that happened. And, and I don't need to get into the details of that, but, but I even remember thinking like the next day, like, oh my gosh, like I've, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to laugh about this and we're going to have fun together talking about this. And, and even more, it's going to be like this fun friend thing. Like that's what's going to happen, but that's not what happened. And I'm going to tell you guys, like, that's not what happens. This isn't a unique story that I have. This is, a st- this is what happens. It was an awful night. It was really dark. A bunch of boys ended up coming over. Like, it was, it, it, things went from bad to worse slowly. And I don't, like I said, I don't need to get into the details of it, but I will tell you that it was one of the darkest, lowest nights of my life. And the next morning was one of the most shamed, dark, lonely, depressing, um, sickening days of my life because I looked back on the night before and I didn't laugh. I didn't think it was funny. I wasn't excited about what happened. I looked back and I cried. We went to the store that day and I went to the bathroom by myself and sobbed and wept because I felt so unbelievably alone and so unbelievably low. And I wish I could tell you, um, I wish I could tell you that, like, it got better. Like, I wish I could tell you that, like, but the girls, like, said, I, I don't know. I, I wish something redeeming would have happened, but nothing redeeming happened. Um, that day I went home, I went back to my parents' house, and I told my parents right away. Um, and my mom cried. And she didn't cry because she was, like, disappointed in me or mad at me or thought that I was a failure. She cried because she was sad because she could see where that would take me. She cried because she was upset because she was scared that I would go to college and that that would be my life trajectory. And I told my dad, and my, my parents gave me so much grace. They loved me so well in that. They, they looked at me and said, it's okay, you're forgiven, we love you. But, but the pain of that remained. Um, and a few hours later, I um, got a phone call from someone, and they said, have you seen what's on Facebook? And this was when um, this was when you didn't just post, like, one picture a day on the trip you went on. You posted, like, 100 pictures in an album on Facebook when you did stuff. So when you went on a trip or did whatever, you know, bopping around in your life. So I... Later that day, this person called me, and they said, have you seen what's on Facebook? And I said, no. And so I logged onto Facebook, and um, there were about 100 photos of me, like, totally drunk, totally not knowing what was going on on Facebook, on the Internet. Um, And again, it wasn't funny. It wasn't fun. I didn't laugh. I I wasn't um, happy about that at all. I was devastated. I was totally devastated because I thought my shame and embarrassment and humiliation is, has become something that is being used to make people laugh and to think is funny and fun and to make fun of. And I was so um, broken in that and so heartbroken in that. Oh, what a ringtone. <laughs> I thought we were about to start worship. I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't done, but <laughs> um, but maybe we should worship now. <laughs> I also wasn't sad because everybody saw what I had done. To me, the, the like, publicness of it was inevitable. I knew. I, I was the girl at school who didn't drink. Like, I knew... I knew amongst all my friends who did that it would be a thing. Like, for me to drink, it would be a thing. 
Um, I just didn't expect that I would feel so low about it. And But the thing that really bothered me about it wasn't so much that everyone knew. I mean, it was that, but, but the biggest thing that bothered me about it is I came face-to-face with the reality of the choices that I made. I came face-to-face with it in a photo album. I mean, I saw everything. I, I, I looked into my own face and saw emptiness and brokenness and pain, and it was awful. It was awful. It was humiliating and devastating. And it took one thing. It took one choice, one turn. When you decide if you're going to turn onto one road or another, it takes one moment of a decision. And my first decision was I disobeyed my mom. I lied to my mom. And here's the reason that's so significant. The Bible says don't lie. The word tells us, instructs us, don't lie. But I did. That was the first choice I made that led me down a path of foolishness. It led me down this path of foolishness that led me directly to sin. I made one choice to lie to my mom. I made the next choice to go. I made that choice. I decided to go. I decided that I would do that, that I would go, that I would be a part of that. Like, I made these choices. And then when my friend came to me and said, are you sure like, I know you. Like, you don't do this. Like, are you sure you want to do that? I said, yeah, I'm sure. I, can, I made those choices. It's, it was just like I just took one step in the direction that I knew was foolish, in the direction that I knew would lead me to sin, in the direction that I, I knew where it would take me. You guys knew where it was taking me when I was telling you the story. And then I took another step and another and another. And the further I got down this path of foolishness, the further away I got from wisdom and a sound mind and life in the spirit. Because that's how it is. You can't walk down both. You can't walk down both paths. It's one or the other. I did that when I was a Christian. I did that when I was going to church every Sunday. I I came to this room the next day. Like this is where I came to worship the Lord and be in youth group. I, I was a Christian. I was leading in youth group. I was doing all these things. And the reason I tell you that is not to point out my hypocrisy, which like, yes, for sure that's there. But, but the reason I'm telling you that is because I don't want you to think that just because you go to youth group and just because you're a Christian, you're immune to making these foolish choices and you're immune to walking down this path of foolishness because you're not. You're not. It takes one choice. It takes one choice and one decision that leads you this way. I wish I could tell you that that was the last time I ever drank. I wish I could tell you that I never um, gave in to drunkenness after that, that I never struggled with that after that, but I did. That led me down this path in college of, of making a few more of those, um, those incredibly painful decisions. And then I remember getting to this point where I thought, I cannot ever do this again. This has hurt me so badly. It's hurt other people so badly. You guys, the darkest points in my life, the darkest nights of my life, the darkest times in my life are touched by alcohol. And listen, here's the thing. And I know you guys know this. The Bible says drunkenness is wrong. But then sometimes you think, like, what about, well, Jesus turned water into wine? Like, I know. Like, I know that. But the thing is, is, like, drunkenness is the sin. And then taking a step toward drunkenness, that's foolish. There's a difference. There's a difference between sin and foolishness. There is, and and I want to tell you that, like, the steps you take don't always have to be super perfectly clear. The step I took was just a lie. It was a small lie that I thought my mom will never find out about. It doesn't really matter. I probably won't drink, whatever. 
but it was a step in foolishness towards sin. Cute. On that note, let's read Proverbs 7. I want to read Proverbs 7 with us, so turn there. Proverbs is in the middle of your Bible. Proverbs is in the middle of your Bible. Proverbs 7. And we're going to start in verse 6. Um, you can put it up there. In a, yeah, you can put it up. Um, Proverbs is written by Solomon. So Solomon was this very wise king, this wise king. And, and Solomon wrote this amazing um, proverb. And the thing I love about it is it's a metaphor. He wrote this in a metaphor. It's like in narrative format. Okay, so when we read it, like, you'll understand it because we're understanding it in narrative, which it's a story. Um, but the thing I love about this is it displays this path of foolishness so well. It just so amazingly illustrates this. So I want to read it to us um, right now. Proverbs 7, starting in verse 6, says, At the window of my house I looked through the lattice, and I saw among the simple I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, I have fellowship offerings at home. Today I've fulfilled my vows, so I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of love until the morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband isn't home, and he has gone on a long journey. He took all of his money and will not be home till full moon. With pervasive words, persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. The next part, 22, is his response. It says, all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierced his liver like a bird darting into snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray to her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Here's the thing. This metaphor is about this young boy who walks past a seductive woman's home. He's seduced. They sleep together. She has a husband. It leads to death. It's this horrible thing. And you know what? That is the path of foolishness. The fool walks past the house of temptation. The fool gets near to temptation. And I'm telling you this not to say you're a fool. I'm telling you this to say, look at my life. Look at my situation. Look at the thing I went through, the things that I did, the choices that I made. That's that's what I'm telling you. I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm saying let's learn from this together. Me too, me included, all of us when it comes to living lives of wisdom and foolishness. The first thing we notice in this is the fool walks in the direction of sin. The fool is headed in the direction where everybody knows the prostitute lives. Everybody knew when I started telling my story, you all knew where I was going with it, didn't you? You all knew what was going to happen. You all knew why we were even going to the beach house. 
Like we knew there wasn't a question, and you know. Sometimes you get a small opportunity to do something, to make a choice, and you know where it is. The foolish choice is to walk toward it. The foolish choice is to get near to it. The foolish choice is, is to, to invite your boyfriend over at 11 o'clock at night. The foolish choice is to get near to sin. The foolish choice is to say, I'm going to get near to it because I really want it, but I won't actually do it. The foolish choice is to know that you struggle with pornography or to know that you struggle with sending pictures of yourself to somebody. That's, I know that that's a thing. And, and the foolish choice in that is to bring your room with to bring your phone with you into your room at night. That's the foolish choice. Bringing your phone to your room at night isn't a sin, but it's foolish sometimes. It's foolish, and you guys, God loves you, and he knows you, and he wants more for you. That is what the path of wisdom is about. But the fool walks in the direction of sin. I I chose to walk down my own path towards sin. I walked that way. I lied to my mom. I thought, I'll see what happens. I'll see what happens to get there. I made three big choices to get there, but probably actually more. Probably more. These little choices, these little decisions that led me in a long path in a way that I did not want to go. And I could have stayed home. You could be thinking, like, maybe she didn't have any other friends. I had tons of friends. Don't be rude to me in your mind. I had tons of friends. I could have stayed home. I could have hung out with them. I could have hung out with my youth group friends. Honestly, I could have stayed home by myself. Who doesn't love a Netflix Saturday night? Or who does? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I love it. I could have done that. When you're in, listen to this, listen to me. This, I think this really matters. I think this, I'm going to be really straightforward with you about this. Is that okay? Do I have your permission to do that? Okay, three of you nodded. No one shook their head. I'm going to do it. Going to parties, listen to me. Before that night, before the night I drank, I'd been to a ton of parties and I didn't drink. I'd been to a bunch of them. I did it all the time. But you know what that did? That desensitized me. That made me think like, this doesn't, this doesn't look that bad. It's not that bad. They're safe. It's fine. That's what that did for me in my heart. I'm going to tell you right now, just don't. Like, don't walk that path of foolishness. Don't walk towards sin on this path of foolishness because it doesn't matter how often you're in church. I was at church two times a week, all of high school, all of middle school. It didn't matter for me. I started going to parties. I started partaking in that. I started understanding it. And instead of allowing myself to remain naive, which I wish I would have, I entered into something that opened my eyes. I entered into something that opened my eyes to the realities of this whole other world, and then I partook in it. Just don't. And if you're bored on Saturday night, you can watch Netflix with me. Just don't talk while it's on. So the fool walks in the direction of sin, and the fool listens to sin. Listen to this. The fool was enticed because he allowed the woman to talk to him. In Proverbs 7, we see this. The fool was enticed because he allowed the woman to talk to him. He didn't run away when she started saying, hey, come into my room, wink. He didn't, like, run away. He allowed her to talk to him. I allowed the enemy to speak to me. When I, when I made those decisions, I was allowing the enemy to say to me, this will be fun. You'll be liked. Maybe you'll be more popular. People will laugh with you about this. This is going to be fun and exciting. The enemy reminded me of all these movies I'd seen where, where alcohol and partying was so glorified. And he said, look how fun that is. You get to be a part of that. Look at you. That's what the enemy said to me, and I listened. 
I listened. I allowed him to speak that stuff into my ear. I listened. The fool listens to the lies. When the enemy lies to you, run the other way. When the enemy lies to you, tell him he's a liar. When the enemy lies to you, say out loud, that is a lie. And I'm not talking about just about this. I'm talking about every part of your life. When the enemy tells you that you're not good enough, say to yourself, that is a lie. I am good enough. I'm actually worth the entire life of God. And so that's why I'm not going to enter into this sinful stuff. Say to yourself, that's not true. I am good enough. I am worth it because Jesus was worth it and he died for me. And so now I am. So now I live with that. I live with that on my life. I don't live with this thing on my life. When the enemy says, remember your past, Michelle, when the enemy says to me over and over, you shouldn't preach, remember the things you did in high school, remember the things you did in college, remember who you are, I say to the enemy, that is such a stupid lie that I will not believe because I believe God, because I believe God in heaven, the one who created me, the one who created truth, the one who's seen all of it. When the enemy starts to lie to you, when the enemy tells you, go to this party, it's going to be fun, laugh at him because it probably won't be. And then, of course, the fool sinned. Here's the thing, and I'm almost finished here, but here's the thing. In the Garden of Eden, when the enemy offered Eve the apple, and Adam and Eve entered into sin, they did the thing God told them not to do. The enemy didn't, like, chop up the apple, put some peanut butter on it, and, like, spoon feed it to Eve. He didn't, like, chew it up and, like, bird feed it, like, uh, like into her mouth, okay? Like, did anyone read that in Genesis 3 because you need a new translation? Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. The enemy doesn't do that. The enemy doesn't like take your hand and like force you to sin. No, no, no. The enemy just says, wow, look how good that is. We sin. Like we make that choice. I made the choices to get where I was and we do it all the time. We make those choices. The fool walks in the direction of sin, listens to the enemy and partakes in sin. But here's the thing. That's one way. That's just one way. That's the way of the fool. But the way of the wise is to Jesus Christ. And the beauty of that, the beauty of that, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And the beauty of that is the path that we walk on isn't a path of perfect decisions. The path of wisdom isn't a path of the best decision you've ever made. It's, it's, it's not abstaining from every wrong thing you've done. The path of wisdom is knowing, loving, and believing in the person of Jesus Christ. That is wisdom. And here's the thing. The reason walking down the path of foolishness is so foolish, and the reason that we don't do it is because God has more for you. God has more for you in your life. God has more for you than drunken Friday nights. God has more for you than shamed Saturday mornings. God has more for you than living a life of shame, than living a life of hiding pictures of you on Facebook. God has more for you than living a life of trying to get approval from the people around you. God has more for you than that. And the reason is, is because you're more valuable than that. The reason is you were worth so much more than a drunken Friday night. The reason is you're worth the entire life of God. You are worth his whole entire life. He died so you could have it. He died so you could walk in freedom. He died so you could have life, but not just life, life abundant, life abundant. What that means is we get to have a life of joy, of hope, of peace. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but we get to have a life better than that. We get to have a life better than that, and that is the beauty of the cross, and that is the beauty of Jesus. And further than that, 
Life and life abundant doesn't mean I've never drank before I made the right decision. It doesn't mean I've never sinned before. I've, I've walked down this path of wisdom. Life and life abundant comes when you say, Jesus, I've messed up. I'm wrong. I've done the wrong thing. But God, I want that life. I want an abundant life. I want to live that life for you. And God says, here you go. Take it. I want to give it to you. Many of us have walked down the path of the foolish. Many of us have walked down this path of, of, of sin. We've, we've engaged in sin. We know what it's like. We've been there. In fact, all of us have been there. But that's not the end of your story. That's not your whole story. That's not it. There's redemption. There's restoration. There's new life that God has offered to you, that Jesus has offered to you. In John 4, Jesus um, encounters this Samaritan woman, and she's sitting at a well, and she's sleeping around, and she has the messiest life in the world. She says, uh, she says I don't have a husband to Jesus. And Jesus says, I know you have like five. So then what he does is he reveals himself to her. He says, he says listen, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I've done. Go and sin no more. And you know what she does? She goes back to her town, this former um, prostitute probably, this former person who was sleeping around constantly. She goes back to her town and she says, oh my gosh, listen to me preach the word of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you guys, that's my story and that can be your story too. Whether you've sinned by sleeping around, whether you've been engaging with, with alcohol and drunkenness, whether you've been lying, whatever it is, on whatever scale, your story is that Jesus can meet you this morning, right here, right now, and turn it all around. Jesus can meet you here and say, hey, it's okay. You're forgiven. Walk and set free. And when you walk and be free, and when you walk out, and when you're free, you can proclaim the name of Jesus with freedom. The reason any of us can stand up here and talk about who God is, the reason any of us can stand up here and proclaim freedom in the name of Jesus is because he has set us free. God has set me free, and I am free indeed. No longer do I wake up on Saturday morning regretting what happened on Friday night because I've been set free and I've remained free by daily giving my life to Jesus. The path of foolishness is small steps toward foolishness. The path of wisdom is Jesus Christ and it can happen for you right here, right now. Will you guys stand with me? I wanna pray for us before we go out. An abundant life doesn't come from a life of perfect decisions. An abundant life comes from a life of knowing Jesus Christ. An abundant life comes from a life of being forgiven, being set free, being free in your joy, being free in peace and hope. That's an abundant life. And so can you close your eyes with me? And, and I just want to ask, and, and whether it's regarding alcohol or substances or whatever it is, if there's anyone in the room who's sitting here thinking, I want to turn it around. I've been walking in foolishness towards sin. I've been engaging with sin. I've been believing the lies of the enemy. I've been, I've been walking this way. If you're saying right now, I want to turn it around, Jesus, meet me where I am. If you're, if you're thinking, Jesus, would you meet me where I am? Would you meet me and set me free? This, this, this is something that happens right away because the word says that we, when we confess our sins, when we repent to the Lord, God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In that moment, it happens right away. So with every eye, uh, eye shut and head bowed, if you're saying, I want to be set free, I want forgiveness, I want to repent, I want to walk in freedom, would you raise your hand? 
just right now, raise your hand. Hands going up all over. Raise your hand high. If you're saying, I want to walk in freedom. I've been walking down this path of foolishness, but I'm ready to walk in freedom that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Raise your hand. There's hands everywhere. This this is a decision that doesn't need to be made in this moment necessarily, but do it. Do it. Make the decision to engage with God because he loves you. He wants to give you an abundant life. Keep the hands up. Keep your hands up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you guys. Anybody else? I think there's someone else. I, I, I don't want to let this time pass up without you raising your hand. If you feel like, God, now is my time. Now is my time. It's, it's done. I want to be done. I want to turn around. I can't do this anymore. If there's just one more person, raise your hand. All right, let's pray. God, we are standing here with our hands raised and we're saying, Lord, we're done walking down this path of foolishness. We're done making small choices, small um, sacrifices and, and, and um, small sins to get to a place of, of, of major sin. We're done making small steps in the way of foolishness. We don't want to walk past sin anymore. We don't want to talk to it anymore. We don't want to get near it anymore. Instead, we just want to be loved by you. We want to engage with you. We want to know you, Jesus. We want life, and we want life abundant. No longer do we want to live enslaved to the sin that has shackled us, but instead we want to live in the freedom that has been given by the life of Christ. So God, I pray for the students in here who've raised their hands and they've said, I'm done. God, would you set them free? Lord, would they know in their hearts right now that they are forgiven, that their repentance is known, that you have forgiven them and you've cleansed them from all unrighteousness, not just making them righteous, but making them as righteous as Jesus Christ, giving them his blood and his body. We take that righteousness that you've given to us, God, and we claim victory in the name of Jesus. We will walk in the freedom of knowing that at any point in our journey, at any point in our walk, when we realize that we are walking in foolishness, we can stop and say, God, get me back. Get me back. We don't have to backpedal for 50 yards. We don't have to throw our car in reverse forever. Instead, we can stop right there and say, Jesus, I want to be under your covering. I want to be on your path. I want to be in your wisdom. And you take us there instantly. You take us there instantly. We don't have to climb a mountain to get to you. But God, you descended to get to us because you love us. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving the people in this room. Thank you for setting them free, God. Thank you for your abundant life. We love you, Jesus. We praise you for what you've done. God, would you continue to move in our group, continue to move in our hearts, continue to move in our lives. We want to walk in wisdom toward you. We love you, God. In your precious holy name we pray. And everybody said, amen.